Hello, and welcome to Askler. Uh, Graham here. Cameron here. And Ian on your left? Well, my left. Is this in stereo? It's your... Now we have to flip the thing. It's your right if you are facing the podcast. Mm, podcast left. Or the left. video. Yes, Good. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exit podcast left. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome everybody to Askler. This is the first uh, episode instance of the uh, the 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 recurrence the mm. the relaunch of Askler as part of the YouTube memberships if you are unaware and didn't see that video on it we've activated we've <laughs> we have activated the uh, memberships button on YouTube as a, as a uh, sort of a, a third channel a third uh, column of potential way that you could directly support us with your money. A jungle to the top and bottom of Twitch and Patreon. Yes, as it were. exactly. <laughs> a mid lane. Yes, it's perfect. Um, and uh, because Twitch, because YouTube, sorry, uh, um, obliges you to create some content for it, we have done Askler. But because we don't like to gate our content, anybody, such as yourself, probably, statistically, hmm. are watching this. But if you are a member, you can Ask the questions. That's how the questions for today came up. We put up a members-only community post in the community tab, which we are starting to use more on YouTube and the three of us for this episode. As it said in the tab, that's like, mm. these are the three people that will be on this month's episode. Do you have any questions? We picked a selection of them because, of course, there was a lot. Mm -hmm. And we can't get to them all, but hopefully we'll get to at least the ones that we've set aside. <laughs> and um, that's what uh, this is going to be. So it's and just, a rotating uh, chairs of hosts. Yeah, as well. it'll be it'll be different people every time. I mean, there there could very easily be overlap, and there likely will be. But it won't always be myself, Ian, and Cameron. It'll mm -hmm. be probably different people next month. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so if you are a YouTube member, uh, thank you, and keep an eye out on the community tab for your chance to ask some questions for next month. And if you are not, that is totally cool. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Mm. Let's get started. Paul, what's the first one we got? What has been, or oh, this is a me question, what's been the biggest delay in road quest development from Daybreak King? So I went into this a little bit in the last YouTube update, the YouTube update for July. And it's basically that before we started road quest, you, you, you may be surprised to learn that we had a big meeting before we started sort of laying out how we would structure the post-production and sort of who would be editing what sections and how we would lay all of this out. And so we had a plan, and the delay was that that plan didn't work. We were not able to execute that plan as intended uh, because, you know, like, people had other projects that they had to do. Uh, we had, I had just a lot of like scheduling headache related to my personal life because our wonderful nanny got a much better job and so our childcare was in flux for a while which was a huge personal stressor and um, uh, Kathleen was doing by law and order which was awesome and but 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 took a lot of time and like the the people that originally were going to be doing specific roles of the thing. There was like a whole sort of, they were like, we'll do these steps with these people and these steps with these people and then it will move on like this. And it didn't, that didn't happen. So that's been the delay in that, or that, that's what has been the delay because it's just hours and days of footage. <laughs> mm. yep. um, but 
it's uh, it's getting real real close now. It's funny. I actually I read an I read an article with an interview with two people who are uh, crew and specifically editors on the Grand Tour. Oh, yeah. uh, which was neat because they were talking about um, you know sort of cameras they use and everything, and uh, they asked specifically about doing the editing because it's mm-hmm. like, well, the cameras in the cars are on all the time and they're doing all this recording. You know, how do you? What's the process? for getting through all that footage. And uh, this is from the professionals. These are the people who are doing this for Amazon. <laughs> they were like, oh, there, there's no there's no trick. You you just you just watch it all. Throw people at us. You just watch. You Ooh. sit there and you watch all the footage. Ooh. Yeah. And I was like, oh that doesn't that that makes me feel better. It's just right. like, oh okay, good. Because that's all we can do. So I'm glad that that is just the way to do it. There's so. no better way. Exactly, yeah. So. Although maybe Amazon is pushing them to use an algorithm. Have you considered an algorithm? Oh, I would welcome an algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> just determines on whether or not the quips are funny. Yeah, yeah. The is yeah. Clarkson being interesting algorithm. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I do not want to be responsible for that algorithm. All right, next question. Oh, yes, right. This is a question from Ken Johnson, which is fun with microwaves three when... And the answer is May 7th, 2012. Uh, we made fun with Microwaves 3 seven years ago. Ba-doom-tsh. Ha-ha. I don't know that we have plans to do a fourth. <laughs> that was, I just wanted to answer that question because it was funny. <laughs> Next. Well, I think fun with Microwaves uh, 4 might just be the rollout of 5G across North America. <laughs> uh, yes. Ah. Like, Oh, weird. My weather app isn't working, but I can download it really fast now. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Right. It's a question from Drummy. Uh, who are your top three most influential comedians? Whew. You know, I'm going to need a, uh, a second to think about that one. Uh, well, when I was thinking about this, I realized that like many uh, men growing up in North America my age, uh, I was heavily influenced by um, Mitch Hedberg. Mm-hmm. For one, yeah, who is was. I mean, you're still influenced by I, him, but you were then also. Yeah, I. Uh, that I, was I, a Mitch Hedberg reference. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. For for those keeping score at home, I'm uh, sorry. If you're not familiar with him, he did a lot of like wonderful, kind of like absurdist stand-up comedy uh, that was very surreal sometimes, mm-hmm. and he died about probably 10 years ago yeah. longer 15 maybe i think one of um, the most, one of his most famous bits that gets referenced a lot still online is the like uh uh seeing the sign seeing the seeing the out of order sign on an escalator mm, and it's like it, that is just stairs yeah we're sorry escalator is temporarily stairs yeah sorry for the convenience yeah i'm, um, also, I'm also a big fan of the uh of the rice is a really good food if you're hungry and want to eat two thousand of something mm, mm-hmm. like he 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 was a lovely man or he seemed like a lovely yeah man, yeah right it, his comic style was just very gentle mm-hmm. and strange uh, and on the complete opposite end of that, I, I also think I was probably heavily influenced by Bill Hicks, mm. which I went back and listened to Bill Hicks a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was not aged well <laughs> uh-huh. at all. No, there's <laughs> no. some deeply problematic elements everywhere in that. But, you know, he was anti-authority like a, authority in a way that uh, resonated with me when I was a teenager. Yeah, that totally And that I sense. enjoyed hearing um, yeah. people like being like, hey, yeah, you know what? The Republicans are evil. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Stick it to them, Bill Hicks. Um, 
but yeah, uh, also, I don't know. Um, what was I going to say? The, the comedian, I suppose, I don't know if you call this a comedian, but he definitely wrote comedy is um, uh, uh, Chris Onstad, who wrote Akewood. Oh, right, right. Mm. Uh, and if I can play with definitions a little bit, yeah, yeah. I would like to, to, to shout out Chris Onstad, who did some very uh, influential work for me. You were about to also shout out Chris Onstad? No, no, but uh, but play with the, uh, the oh, concept okay. a bit here, because I'm going to go uh, some strange directions. Mm. Uh, I want to go with Don Ferguson of okay. the Royal Canadian Air Force. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. all right, all right. Who was definitely a huge influence on me there. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, uh, oh, shoot, I've forgotten the third one now. Uh, weatherman, local weatherman in Edmonton, Alberta. Wow, why is that, why am I spacing on my on my heroes once again? Oh, Bill no. Ma- Bill Matheson, really the yeah. weatherman. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a performer. He was originally part of the Ar- Army Signal Corps in hmm. World War II. Came back to Edmonton and became a weatherman and a talk radio personality. Really, but he he had this mixture of humor and uh, and intellectualism, which hmm. to me is I mean it, it's something I aspire to hmm. all the time, especially in an improvised capacity. Which being a weather person and being a a radio talk show person, hmm. you know, that's nice because our Victoria BC's uh, standard resident weatherman slash talk radio funny person stylizes himself as a massive buffoon. Mm. Hmm. So yeah, that good. must have, that must have been a nice nice change. And I did remember the third one. Dennis Leary mm. was the first comedian I could actually uh, recognize by name and voice. Right. And I think I wore out a CD of uh, No Cure for Cancer. Mm. Wow. Just going back on that again and again on a loop, which in today's uh, media landscape probably doesn't hold up quite as well as I'd hope mm-hmm. for its wokeness, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Dennis Leary, famously, also quite heavily influenced by Bill Hicks. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, I actually, I know it says top three. I, I only, I thought of one because it's, uh, basically, it's, he's very influential to me specifically in a sort of a roundabout way, but also has more more broad-ranging inspiration, and you probably aren't familiar with him. His name is, or his name was Barry Took. And so he was a writer uh, on a BBC radio show called Round the Horn that my mum used to play me tapes of. She she described uh, making her parents very annoyed. This is when when people get annoyed at like the youth on their phones. <laughs> literally, they'd be at like Sunday afternoon lunch because like Sunday lunch in England was a big thing. And so, but. Round the Horn only aired once, and if you missed it, you couldn't get it again because it was the radio. There was no recordings. Mm-hmm. So she'd be sitting there with her little battery-powered radio with the one earpiece in, at like guffawing at the table at Sunday lunch, <laughs> listening to Round the Horn. So she played, she played because the BBC later re-released tapes. And uh, it, the, the show was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman, the very odd looking gentleman from Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. He played, he's the guy who played, who, uh, he's the man who played Igor in oh. Young Frankenstein. Oh, wow. Okay, right, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was also in Silent Movie, the other, the other Mel Brooks movie. Anyway, so Barry Took and Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman, by the way, who passed away quite young and had to be replaced on the writing staff of Around the Horn with three people. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Marty Feldman was a 
manic comic writer. But Barry Took was the other writer for this show. And listening to these, this like very silly wordplay uh, on on these on these radio these radio comedies when I was quite young, I think uh, influenced a lot about. You know, I started to get get my tape recorder and do my own mm. stuff and everything. And, it, like, the cast was great. Uh, Kenneth Williams from the Carry On Pictures was on it. Kenneth Horn, that's why the show was called Around the Horn, was, like, the straight man that hosted it. Um, they did just really, really funny stuff. Uh, they had some very influential sketches, particularly Julian and Sandy, which were sort of, they were, like, a homosexual couple in the 70s using the, like, Polari slang of, like, of London's gay scene and sort of making that into the mainstream and apparently ruining it. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was a really, really interesting show. I was thrilled to discover that you can actually get them on Apple Books Whoa. now. Uh, so you can. There's only four seasons. You probably want to start with season two. I got season one and uh, none of the like notable recurring characters are there mm. and they haven't qu- quite like hit their stride but they do do the thing that I love where they include the BBC announcer because mm. it was BBC radio it was all done live and the announcers they'd be men in tuxedos mm-hmm. being like and coming up next now on BBC 2 and they would the announcer assigned to their show would get looped into their sketches Oh, usually that's... playing like uh, non-animate objects <laughs> and he'd be like yes I Douglas Smith play the shovel you know and it was very funny so that was important for me when I was quite young listening to these tapes. But after Round the Horn ended, uh, Barry Took went to the BBC as a and uh, took on the role, uh, the, uh, a role I would love, of comedy advisor to the BBC and was instrumental in assembling the troupe for the show that was almost called Baron Von Took's Flying Circus. Really? Yeah. He 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 looked at John Cleese and Graham Chapman, who were on At Last the Nineteen Forty Eight Show, and Eric Idle, Terry Jones, and Michael Palin and Terry Gilliam on Do Not Adjust Your Set, and said, "You all should work together mm. on a mm. sketch show." And that's so he put together Monty Python. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, normal brain. Oh, I'm influenced by the pythons. Exactly. Brain, no, I want to be influenced by the man who made the pythons. Yeah. Right. And wow. when, when I discovered that, I was like, oh, Barry Took is responsible for a lot of stuff that heavily influences me uh, comedically. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> also responsible for like, I don't know, probably about 6% of uh, our, our culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all of Monty Python, the series, is on Netflix, and you should watch it because it's a trip. The The original series is like, oh, right, this is madcap. Oh, yeah. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is bizarre. What everyone remembers is all the re-recorded stuff, the live shows, the things that were meant to be captured like for the mar- The marquee sketches, yeah, right? right? But all the interstitial stuff is yeah. wild. The broadcast stuff was, again, because it was never meant to be seen again. Mm. It's all wild. Hmm. So, there's there's that. There's that answer. Uh, next question from I'm going to say Per Moberg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that name. What's the first thing you remember doing on the internet? Chat, visit a specific website, that kind of thing. I remember going to an internet cafe when I was a teen and looking up a walkthrough for Ultima Four: Quest of the Avatar, <laughs> which had just been ported to the Nintendo Entertainment System. Wow. And the walkthrough I found for it was about... 
200 pages long. Oh my god. Because it was an Ultima game, and it was really long for no reason. <laughs> this is very similar to my first experience online, which was at my friend's house, and it was looking up a walkthrough for a, a probably Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. Probably Final Fantasy VII, I think, because we didn't have internet yet. But down the road, my friend did. And he had, like, ICQ. And I was like, what? what? Right. Like, once I was at his house hanging out, which was just sitting there beside him while he talked to a bunch of other friends on ICQ. And I was like, huh. I hope my dad gets internet sometime. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that noise. Yeah. No, I finally get to pull the Greybeard card Oh, here. please do. So, the first time I saw the internet, I was 12 years old at a place called the Edmonton Advanced Research Park. It was a presentation in a large boardroom, and they were showing off. I love know, the park. Doing, showing off what the internet could be. You know, the FTP hmm. sites, some chat, some email. It was mainly just a, a talk because there was no way of projecting pictures of the internet. It was just pictures on transparencies that were laid down. Right. And they said at the end, "Okay, we're going to show you something special here today. Uh, this is a brand new piece of software called from uh, the National Computer uh, or the National NCSA." Mm. Nets, and they're calling it, um, not was an NCSA, oh my god. Anyway, it was the one before Netscape. Huh. And I thought, that's cool. A year later, after I had gone home and purchased a thick book that was called The Internet Phone Book. Oh, wow. Which was literally a directory of known web pages and Usenet groups. Right, because there was no search engines. Right. And I couldn't get internet for a number of months. Until I could find there was like a bunch of different search engines. Like there was uh, like Lycos and oh, yeah. Alta Vista. Dog, Alta Vista. Dogpile. Yeah. I and mean, you had to use. Why did you have to use different ones? Was it that they you could find different things on different search they engines? They had different different algorithms. Right. There was there, there was no. So way you could to... search on you could search on Lycos and not find a thing, and then be like, oh, okay, well we'll check Alta Vista, and then go over there and be like, oh here it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh all... my god. <laughs> Roundabout way of saying the first thing I did on the internet was download a web browser using an FTP client. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Bootstrap. Mm. Yeah. Mosaic. Mm? Mosaic. It was Mosaic at that time, yes. Oh, nice. So there you go. We, we, we've been here for a minute. <laughs> uh, next question. <laughs> Paul's just getting the questions. There we go. Oh, yes. With Final Fantasy VII, this is a question from Tamsin, who says, with Final Fantasy VII being my favorite game, the upcoming remake is my most anticipated game of all time. If each of you could pick a game to get a similar big-budget, high-effort remake treatment, what would it be and why? <laughs> and you both said you were keen to answer this one. X-Wing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good choice. Are they working on that, kind of? Are they? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know, but X-Wing. I yep. do, I just throw me in an X-Wing, an A-Wing, a mm. Y-Wing, or a B-Wing, <laughs> and, and, and let me actually finally fight in the Battle of Endor. Let you yeah. iron it right into a bridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ian? Uh, I'm, I'm actually very lucky because most of the games that I've been playing and enjoying this past while have been high-budget remakes. we got Shenmue, we've got all the Yakuza games getting mm. big-budget remakes. I saw someone tweet before E3, they were like, it was a clip from Lord of the Rings, from, I think it was Return of the King, mm -hmm. with Aragorn talking to the ghosts in the cave, right? And it was like, it was like, hey, did you like a video game once? 
Well, welcome to E3 this year, and it's and it's Aragorn going. It has been remade. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yep. But in all seriousness, I would love to. So, one of my favorite game series was the Ostatakai Oendan, or known as Elite Beat Agents in the in America. Oh, right. And they're Oendan, all these games yes. with a beautiful manga style sketch uh, art to go mm. along with the gameplay. And I would love to see on the Switch. A, uh, a rhythm-based game in the same style, but with 3D graphics from the new Arxis uh, systems for Guilty Gear, mm-hmm. where, mm. where they've managed to take 3D models and make them look exactly like hand-drawn uh, oh, animated that's things. Good. Neat. And so, yeah, I think we have the technology. All we need is the licensing. <laughs> I So if I, <laughs> I'm going to be, like, massive, you know, if I'm going to be very me, uh, my answer would be, Final Fantasy VII, because mm-hmm. what I what I want is just a very very nice HD rem- remaster of the original game. I don't want I don't want a different game. I am excited to see what whatever the remake eventually becomes because I'm a big fan of the game. But luckily for me, the original game is still there. That's true of all games. It's like mm-hmm. well, not all games, but most games that aren't internet connected, you can still go and play them. Um, so I'll just say Breath of Fire Three because Breath of Fire Three was sick. There you go. Rad. Yeah. Next. What is your favorite character that you have made for a sketch or show with LRR from Abare Renji 3? Uh, I'm going to take an end run around this mm-hmm. and uh, say Avenir mm-hmm. from Dice Friends Ooh. by Law and & Order. Um, and I'm not sure if that's in the, the spirit of the question, but it was definitely a character that I enjoyed playing and that I thought had a lot of um, depth that I was able to like put in ad hoc. Mm-hmm. Instead of scripting out, I infer that that is within the spirit of this question. That yeah. was also my guess for what you would oh, say. Well, yeah, I guess because Avenir yeah. was great. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed playing him because I initially had a concept of him as being kind of like very uh, black adder goes forth mm. as being this person who had learned to navigate the Azorius Senate, mm-hmm. which if you're not familiar with uh, Magic: The Gathering's Ravnica set, set uh, setting, is an enormous bureaucracy that administrates uh, a planet-sized city. Mm. of billions of people. And the Azorius Senate is, you know, very dysfunctional and uh, it's every everyone's worst ideas of a bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So Avenir was a low-level functionary in it and basically, you know, he just stamps something in an office every day waiting for his chance to retire. And uh, there was actually a line in Chernobyl which was coming out around the same time where an unnamed character who everyone knows is the director of the KGB but nobody describes in that way or addresses by name describes the KGB as a circle of accountability (laughs) and that's how I imagined and I was like oh that's a very scary way to say that yeah Yeah. (laughs) everyone's watching everyone yeah right and that's kind of how I imagine the Senate works where everyone is like watching over your shoulder in case you screw up because if you get fired then maybe they can get a promotion Mm -hmm. um and that was something that Avenir overcame working with the other characters because he started off being kind of wary of them mm-hmm. and afraid of making mistakes. So that I, I enjoyed that uh, aspect of him learning to grow in trust. On a completely different axis, for me, it's probably Dave Spokesman mm-hmm. because he's just, he's so much fun to write and again, this is me answering for me. He's so much fun to perform. Mm. He just is just, I like messing with language 
and I mean, you you'll see this in a bunch of the sketches I wrote, like Poker After Dusk, where it's like just all these just strange words. I just like making nonsense, and Dave Spokesman is just this like he's just this weird alien. <laughs> like he's it's almost like he's not a human. That's not canon, but it's almost like that that he's like trying to you know <laughs> trying to communicate but it's all wrong and so it's just it's nice to be able to to have to to have him be like horribly mispronouncing and confusing things in a way that's not like bad it's like you you learned english through watching only television commercials yeah but somehow it has perfect pronunciation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if i had to I've got a couple that came to mind. Mm. And while I do love the decadent man, mm. I feel like he definitely <laughs> represents a lot of who I am and a lot of uh, what I actually believe comes through that character in a mm-hmm. twisted way. Yeah. So rarely are you present and part of a physical creation of a character. So I have to say Bartleby was my favorite creation. Oh, yeah, we right. actually got to I got to work with Featherweight in an impromptu TTSF panel. At, at a con bravo uh, right exactly <laughs> yes yeah. and i forgot because it as it sort of the snowball of progress at, over the years that uh whenever we need bartleby to do something we would get alex to mm-hmm. do it but i had forgotten until quite recently that y- you were you were the original bartleby performer yeah and then <laughs> alex got into it he was good because alex has a very good bartleby voice mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but yeah if you're ever wondering why bartleby doesn't have eyes it's because Featherweight forgot them, said, oh, no, I'll just put these on later. And I had to remind him, no, you absolutely will not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because the panel was over. Yep. It's like, no, that was the period of creation. <laughs> he is he is a complete being now. It's perfect. Yeah. The invocation is complete. Yeah. I love Bartleby. <laughs> Next up, what character that hasn't already been announced or confirmed would you like to see show up on Star Trek Picard? Bartleby. A question from Harold Price. <laughs> Avenir. Well, no. they certainly uh, haven't. Yeah, they have confirmed neither of those cre- uh, creatures, <laughs> beings, people. Uh, I, I guess I have to go with like, you know, r- perennial crowd favorite Garrick. Ooh. Oh my God! Wow. That would because be amazing. If they're just going to do like, I assume at some point they kind of want to do the thing where Picard just runs around like it's the end of a Mass Effect game and yep. high fives all his buddies, <laughs> right? As they all like gather up and are like, yeah, let's do the thing. And I just want Garrick to be there for some reason. Yeah, I just, I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, I was just saying they never got to interact because they were in different series, yeah. but they were, mm, they would be so good together. I, I want to see, now that you've said that, mm-hmm. I this has just reaffirmed my desire to see a series similar to Picard. This which I wanted hello Siri uh, I I was pitching this on Twitter like well before like years ago before Picard was actually announced uh, mm. that I wanted to see a new series on on Deep Space Nine mm. with, uh, with I don't know what rank she would be now but with General Kira General Norris, yeah, yeah whatever you know just like because I don't know if you've seen recent pictures of Nana Visitor but she looks terrific mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, having her still still be like just trying to hold down the fort over there and like what happened after the events of the end of DS9 and everything right. and then right. yeah bring bring Garrick back <laughs> just Nog's, more Garrick Nog's just chief engineer at this point oh my god can you imagine hmm. oh. 
Uh, but for Actually, Star Trek. Yeah. What, what about O'Brien? I like O'Brien. Because O'Brien, I think, canonically went on to become... Uh, he started uh, teaching at Starfleet yeah, Academy? Yeah, he started teaching at Starfleet Academy. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Have you... So that Lower Decks series that looks mm-hmm. like Rick and Morty... Mm-hmm. Right. Is... Is canon? I, I guess Question? so. Question? Yes. Probably. Sort of Maybe also, he'll be a voice in that. Apparently written by the uh, person behind Star Trek Season 8 to the Twitter, ser- uh, yes. Twitter account, which huh. gives me hope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, the first thing I thought of when I read this question was Q. Right. Yeah. Hey, which I'll say right now is my answer. Okay. So okay. we can, let's discuss that. Then. Yeah. But, but now, I, but then I thought about it and I wasn't sure because All Good Things was the bookend to Encounter at Farpoint. That was like Q's interest. That was the arc there, mm-hmm. you know, and this is this is a different thing. This sort of picks up because Q wasn't in the movies. No. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, does Q have a role or a purpose in this story that they're telling? Maybe, maybe having Q there doesn't actually make sense. Right. Well, I mean, like, Q loves pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And if Picard has retired and surrendered all the pretense of being, like, Starfleet's field diplomat. Yeah. Like, or fighting diplomat. Right? Like, maybe maybe Q finds him dull now. Yeah. But maybe whatever he's going to do based on the trailer, maybe now Q's like, oh, wait, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. What's going on over in, what's in this thread? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, well, maybe, yeah, maybe he does show up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think I would be very surprised if Q doesn't show up in I, some way. Honestly, I, they are kind of linked. Does, but I, that, that's the same thing. I do agree that they are linked. I, Q's never really worked outside of working against Picard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everything they've done with his character is really not even anything with his character. They've just explored his backstory and environment mm-hmm. elsewise. Mm. So it's character to character. Picard and Q really are, as you say, linked. And if it's if, if, even if it's just him coming back and saying, I have no idea what is happening right now because of all the timeline mess ups, but I know you can figure these things out, hmm. Mr. Picard. The, the other character I'd be really shocked if we don't see again is Guinan. Oh, wow. Because like that, they, they, they're, they're like the oldest friends. Yeah. Right? They trust each other. Did she right. make it out of Generations? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 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 The, uh, I think Guinan in Generations was just shown her origin, her meeting with Picard. Okay. Show, no, they didn't even meet. She was just on the refugee ships that the Enterprise B saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would, I would just love to see like Picard and Guinan hanging out again, mm-hmm. being like. <laughs> I, if old, the, old buddies. Oh, if there's going to yeah. be a reveal, it's going to be Picard going to an old Star Wars-style bar of mm-hmm. Scum Oh, look. Well, I, I know the owner. And yeah. It's, <laughs> guy yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I want to know what happened to Dr. Crusher. Yeah. I want to know what happened there, because Picard's not... He's pretty alone on that vineyard. Yep. So, sorry, shippers. Mm. I just want to know what Guinan's thing was where she encounters Q and is like, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah she's right. She's got like the, the, the psionic. Yeah. Maybe she knows Krav Maga. Yeah, or something, right? <laughs> like, yeah. 
and Dorian Kung Fu. I'm very hyped for Picard. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article about like here's everything forthcoming in this that we're making with the Star Trek brand, and I was like, "Good lord, this article just keeps going." There's a there's lot so going. many things they're making. I guess I'm I guess Paramount has found its MCU. I got remembered that it owned an MCU. <laughs> yeah. the entire time. Got to mm-hmm. figure out how to watch this all in Canada. Was it mm. Crave or something? Crave. Okay. No, oh, then I can watch the Terror. No. How do you watch the Terror? I thought uh, it was on Crave. I bought it on iTunes. Oh, okay. Just play it on loop as you're falling asleep. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Next next question. Uh, LRR is a beacon of positivity in an often troubling world. Is a statement. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Michael continues. What are some ways you recharge your emotional reservoirs? I I sit very quietly and like play play Magic Arena or watch long YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very lucky in that Kathleen and I have uh, the kind of relationship where we are more than happy sitting in the same room as one another on our phones and that's really just very very pleasant Mm. we just sit quietly and look at internet bullshit (laughs) and not not talk because I spend all day working with my friends and then talking to people on the internet and then at the end of the day, like days when we're like, when I'm doing like high brain stuff, like like directing a Friday nights and trying to keep track of like all the getting all the shots in a row and everything, or doing like Loading Ready Live, where like we shoot or we shoot a Commodore Hustle and I edit it and then we do Loading Ready Live. At the end of one of those days, I am toast. Mm. I just I have no energy to speak to anyone. I'm just like, nope, <laughs> sitting still now. Thanks. So that I just sit and watch stuff. I've actually this is something recent that I've discovered and I it's been just so good for my mental health is I I uh, don't be creepy. Work fairly close to uh, Beacon Hill Park now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've discovered a bench next to a small waterfall where mm. ducks like to congregate and it's slightly shaded just enough at 1 p.m. when I take my lunch that I can walk out there, plug in my headphones with a nice audiobook, and sit and watch the ducks as the sounds of the waterfall just leak in through these hmm. tiny headphones. That sounds nice. It you, is, you do like birds. I do love birds. And it is it is heaven for an hour. I, that sounds nice. I go out of my house hmm. because my house is kind of one long room mm. where everything happens so I can't escape from anything in it. It's, it's nice to go outside. Yeah it is and I will go to like a pub or a restaurant or a cafe and read a book and have a drink whether it's a pint of beer or a coffee and something light to eat and just look out a window for a while and that's nothing complex or even very unique but it it, it makes me happy it makes- to just not have to talk to anyone it makes a lot of sense that that when we because the premise of the question is that we're mm-hmm. putting so much out there all the time and we're communicating with people in chat or on twitter mm-hmm. and you know we're mm-hmm. doing all of this like high energy goofiness at work it makes mm-hmm. sense that all three of our answers can be distilled to sitting quietly and not talking to anybody yeah yeah it's <laughs> like you know I'd, I'd be very surprised if any of us were like oh yeah in order to recharge i have to go down to the club yeah and uh you know just tear it up. Yeah, crush some shots, go to the, hit the rock climbing gym, mm-hmm. you know. 
<laughs> yeah. We just like to be quiet. <laughs> Karaoke. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Next up we have Cam. Question from Brian Apley. Do you GM any RPGs outside of LRR? And if so, what differences are there in your preparation process for a home game than for a streamed game? Uh, the answer is yes. I haven't done a game outside of LRR since basically I've moved to Victoria. Mm. But I used to run or play in a game every week uh, for about a decade. Mm-hmm. And uh, the difference is when I run a game for LRR, LRR has a stream slot where we stream for two two and a half hours, and things have to happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, those games are very, uh, there is a lot less opportunity for players to do things in those games Mm -hmm. because they need to start and stop. Yeah, we need to to make a satisfactory episode of television. Mm -hmm. Yes. uh, As opposed to, I don't know, what do you want to do? Exactly. And my home games are that. Yeah. Right, where I'm just like, okay, so you've all made these characters. Here's the situation. What do you want to do? And, you know, you just spend four or five hours with your friends examining how these characters behave in some very strange situations sometimes. And then you just make stuff up. And either it works or it doesn't. But people are generally fairly entertained by it. But with an audience, you have to, like, uh, move move and hit certain beats at a mm-hmm. certain rate. And I promise you that's true of, I don't know because we haven't spoken, but I promise you that's true of like any other internet created D&D or tabletop RPG show mm-hmm. like Ack Inc or Critical Role or or just any uh, uh, The Adventure Zone. You know, I, I, I'm confident, confident that they are, you know, again, not it's not like... Anything could still happen. Like I don't know if you watched Trouble in Paradise this past week, but mm-hmm. they were like, "What if I did this?" And Dale's like, "Yeah, I guess that's happening this episode." Okay, and had to like figure a thing out. You right, know. right. Uh, who knows what could happen? But it, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. There's a lot more prep ahead mm-hmm. of time. The, yeah, way more prep. Mm-hmm. And oh yes, uh, one more question. From Philip Bradbury, uh, now that the YouTube membership system is introducing a bunch more people to the paying LRR money community and taking into account the relative populations of Twitch and Patreon, what is your third favorite sandwich shape? Open-faced. Burrito. Uncut, just normal sandwich. Just like a normal... That's your third. Third favorite, hmm. yeah. Yeah. First is uh, large triangles, mm. like like that you get in like the like a crust like a. Off? Uh, I'm crust ambivalent. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, like you get in a train station package, yeah, right? right? Where it's just like the right angle and the you know, like a. I mean, it's been cut on the bias. Yeah, like mm. they're they're everywhere in Japan. I know them more from like uh, Marks and Spencers oh, uh, in England because we went to England a lot when I was a kid because of family there and again mm. train stations is just like well we're going to be on a train for four hours get some sandwiches from Marks and Spencer's and then you know and then it's at uh, train stations in Japan as well uh, and then probably second is smaller triangles <laughs> <laughs> the the club sandwich kind of yeah 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 like at oh, a yeah, quartered yeah like at high tea Ooh, yeah. Mm. yeah yeah no those are no good either <laughs> wow okay 
I mean, maybe maybe full maybe maybe full sandwiches even further down the list. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> What's your number one Shit sandwich talk shape? From the, uh... <laughs> I'm st- I'm straight up number one burrito. Number two standard two breads together. Hmm. hmm. The the two breads. It's depending on the filling. It's wide. It's so w- as a beard haver that surprises me because if the the width of the bread means that it's very easy for stuff to get let's say peanut butter and jam mm-hmm. easy for stuff to get in your face oh and it definitely gets stuck up in there and i think actually i need to reevaluate the whole cutting of my sandwiches at this point okay you, you may have actually just changed a bit of my life graham oh there we are mm. maybe you oh. can cut it into a spiral and then like feed it in oh Ooh. yeah just like spiralize it yeah uh my number one is like uh, a bunwich on like a really crusty roll mm. um because you know it's 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 uh, kind of linear, mm-hmm. right? And that's, you know, you can take a bite out of it and still dip it in your soup or whatever. Damn, wow. Um, wait, normal ass sandwich is actually way further down than third on my list. Hmm. I've messed this up. <laughs> You've given us the most contentious question of the night. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Flip. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That was Askler for August. Thank you for joining us for this. Thank you, everyone who submitted questions. Ooh. I'm sorry that we didn't get to all of them, but we are but men. And... Uh, keep an eye out for those of you who are YouTube members keep an eye out on the community tab for your opportunity to ask questions for the September episode with whomever is going to be on that episode Mm. Uh, so until next time thanks for listening and a reminder of course that this is brought to you directly by you by your support here on YouTube as a YouTube member or by Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run or I mean even subscribing on Twitch because again All the stuff that comes in helps us do all the things that go out. So uh, thank you all for being here, and we'll talk to you next time on Askler.